think becoming a podcaster for your business or passion? Then do what we did and sign up for Anchor. Anchor is easy to use, user-friendly, and will push your podcast out to other platforms such as Spotify. It's very easy. Come join us on Anchor. Thank you for joining us for today's show of Entrepreneurship Happens. Today, we talk with Regina Martin, whose entrepreneurial journey includes her passion for educating others and helping high school students be well-prepared for college. Her journey also includes her family as well. Hopefully, you'll enjoy this episode and pick up a few tips. Have fun. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Do our listeners a favor and introduce yourself and tell us about your business. Good evening, everyone. My name is Regina Martin. I am the founder of Scholars with a Purpose, LLC, which is a college uh, prep course that works with students and parents in, in high school, grades 10 through 12, to help them to navigate through the high school, I mean, the college experience. My apologies. Oh, awesome. That's awesome. And I- and I see that you've been um, an entrepreneur for five, four years. I'm sorry, four years. So why did you become an entrepreneur? Well, you know, I became an entrepreneur because of the fact that I am um, a person who feels as though I've been helping other people create their own lane. And it just made sense to me because by day, I'm a higher education professional And I work with students about helping them navigate through the college experience for their first year. And I had done it in the past as, you know, my my kids, uh, friends would come to me and ask me for advice. I worked as a uh, college and career counselor in a charter school at one point. So, you know, I found that I also enjoyed being in that realm. I also worked in a nonprofit world where I worked with the college readiness program as well. So I found my second calling, if you will, um, in education. And I found that it's so important to educate our students and our parents about the experience because um, they just don't know what they just don't know. Um, And for me, it made sense because like I said, by day I am building the legacy of a university with my knowledge and experience. So why not take that and monetize it for myself under my own brand? Okay. That okay. makes sense. Definitely. So when did you know you wanted to make this transition? When did you like feel like secure in that, 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 that idea? Um, it, it, the transition came for me um, when my husband brought it to my attention and said, why are you giving this value away for free when you mm-hmm. can monetize it? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes people could just make an observation and it's something that I had known all along, but I just think that that observation that he made just kind of pushed me over the edge, if you will, to help me to start creating and start monetizing my knowledge and that's pretty that's pretty much what caused me to make that final decision because like i said it's amazing when people see what you do on the outside looking in they pick, they're able to pick out things and notice things that you don't notice yourself because you're in it you're just doing it so that's pretty much what the aha moment was for me okay 
Oh, that's awesome. It's good to have somebody in your corner like that to help you though. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you love most about being an entrepreneur? Um, a combination of things. First of all, I love learning. I am a forever learner. So being an entrepreneur allows you the ability to be able to hone your skill set and change your mindset while learning how to be the best version of an entrepreneur that you can be. Um, so when I started this journey, there are a lot of things that I did not know. Yes, I was knowledgeable about the college experience, but there's still some areas about it that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. um, but I also knew that I had something to offer. And I, and, and I realized at that point that it's like, I need to learn what I need to learn in order for me to be taken seriously. Because, you know, a lot of people like to put the tagline that they're an entrepreneur, but they don't understand the work that goes into it. Um, you are not a person as an entrepreneur without being educated while you're going through the process. And that for me is, is, is something that I enjoy. I don't take it lightly. When I have conversations with people that have more experience in an area that I don't, I love having that conversation. I love the collaboration because you, you find out that there are things that they share in common with you and vice versa. So that's pretty much what does it for me. Awesome. Great. So what did you find most challenging about making this transition and, and being an entrepreneur? Um, I would say the support. Um, I, while I had the support of my family, the people on the outside, there's always, you know, that crab mentality sometimes where people are trying to get one up on you. And my philosophy is there's enough real estate out here for everybody to get a piece of the pie. I don't have anything that you can't have or you can't replicate and vice versa. So that has been a challenge for me because I feel like I, I don't have time to be jealous or envious of anybody else mm -hmm. that is doing the same thing that I'm doing. I don't have time. I don't have the capacity to think that way because mm -hmm. like I said, you know, we can support one another in our particular genres, but still get what we need to get done. You know, and that's the biggest thing that I wrap my brain around. And the second thing is financing. Um, there are, there's grants out there. There's business loans that are out there. Um, you know, in my platform, it's, it, you know, it doesn't really cost me a lot of money right now because I'm not, I don't have a brick and mortar building. Um, I do a lot of my stuff by going to student and parents' homes and or I would do it virtually. I have a, an online course that I'm in the process of launching in another couple of months that speaks mm -hmm. to student success. So for me, my platform is portable. So finding money to pay somebody that can help me to enhance my platform is a challenge. Mm -hmm. There are people that are very knowledgeable about course creation and course graphics and content that charge like $800 for their services. And not to minimize the value of what they do, but when you don't have the money to put into your business so that you can ex expound on it, so that you can enhance it, that is a big, big challenge. Um, yeah. And I tell 
people who want to be entrepreneurs all the time. It's not for the faint at heart. You're going to have to do some hard work and some soul searching and really discover whether or not this is for you, because it's not for everybody. Um, And I also tell people that you have to have a little capital to put into your business. So that means you have to work outside of the home in order to get to the level that you want to. Right. Right. Yeah. It takes money to make money, like they say. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And it's funny, you actually touched on what our next question is about asking you how it's changed your circle. And you touched on that a bit as far as your support and everything. Um, Have you found any support within that change as well? Absolutely. I have. Actually, I have um, met some amazing people who have educated me on how to be an entrepreneur. I have a business coach. Um, I have a, um, another layer of my business is uh, speaking engagements. I have a speaking coach. So one thing that I tell entrepreneurs all the time is that you have to be coachable and you have to be able to be humble enough to accept what people that have gone before you have done. Um, So for me, as far as the circle, it has expanded by way of me becoming a part of organizations that are doing things that are like me or like what I'm trying to do. Um, and I've, I've um, built friendships off of those relationships, but my circle is still small though. I'm very selective about the company I keep as far as when it comes to business, because for me, I can have a separate conversation with you about what's going on in your life. But then I always circle back to business because that's time that's taken away from my platform for me to build what I'm trying to build. And I'm not saying that you can't have fun and you can't do things to make entertain yourself. But if you're really serious about this entrepreneurial journey, you're going to have to make some hard sacrifices, meaning sometimes you got to get up early and sometimes you got to stay up late. Then you got to balance your time and devote how much time you're going to devote to your platform. And sometimes people that are in that mindset don't don't understand it. So that's why my circle is small from Mm -hmm. the perspective that sometimes people get it, sometimes they don't. That's true. That's true. true. So what what is something that you learned throughout your journey that you wish you knew in the beginning? Trusting the process and not being in such a hurry, you know, I think deadlines are extremely important and goals are extremely important to set for oneself when it comes to your entrepreneurial journey. But when you rush things, then you're not giving a a version of your best self because you're trying to keep up with or you're trying to compete with instead of understanding that maybe it's not time for you to roll out your product yet. Maybe it's not time for you to, um, to, to do a presentation yet. Trusting the process is probably the best piece of advice that I have ever gotten in regards to being an entrepreneur. You, it's, 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 it's one of those things that you just have to understand that just because Susie over here has launched her business and, you're, and you have it, your timetables don't have to always sync. Okay. So lots of times we're in such a hurry to rush out and roll things out. And it's not a, it's not a best representation of yourself and 
your clients or your potential clients are going to pick up on that. Right. That's true. So far on your journey, what is the worst thing that's happened to you so far that Uh you had to find a way to rebound from? Actually, it's, uh, it's funny you should ask that question because I had a person who I asked to give me some advice on my platform. Mm-hmm. And I was looking to uh, obtain services from this individual. Um, and I and I like to say that I take criticism well when it comes to my platform. That's one of the reasons why I haven't launched it yet, because I'm looking for someone to be, be that, that third eye for me. Mm-hmm. But presentation is everything. This individual pretty much said, oh, OK, you sent me a video of yourself. I was going to incorporate what I wanted, you know, the product to look like based off of my knowledge, but I didn't want to waste my time. So that really was unsettling to me because you, you know, you were once where I was at. So giving criticism is one thing, but if you feel like you're wasting your time, then the conversation's over. I will, I will not, I will never work with you based off of that statement. The person was doing fine with his, his overview of what they saw until they said that. And that just happened two days ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that was recent. So for me, I'm the person that is like, listen, if I ask for your opinion, it may not sit well with me, but I gotta take the I gotta take it under the chin because I asked you to give me your opinion. But mm-hmm. to, to delivery is everything for me. And, and I'll use this quick example. Presentation is everything. And, and I'm a college professor, so I tell this to my students all the time. If you go to dinner and you want a steak and mashed potatoes and a vegetable, and you want it on the finest china, it's beautiful, it's attractive, it's going to draw you in, and you're gonna really enjoy that meal. You take that same meal and you put it on top of a garbage can top and you hand that to me. What that's saying is that you're not taking the time to think about what that presentation looks like. You're not really giving any thought to how I'm going to receive what you're giving me. And it's definitely going to have a different, um, it's going to fall differently for me. So Mm -hmm. in summary, what he did, his presentation, totally off that was it was the garbage can top for me and it's just like thank you but i'm gonna move on i'm good (laughs) i I see you've been watching some cosby shows yes that 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 example has stuck with me when he made that example that example stuck with me and i have used it with my college students and i have used it with people that i have mentored and when they, when I tell them that story, they're like, yeah, you know, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. that stuck with me. So I yeah. use it. I use that analogy every chance I get. Yeah, the Dallas Vanessa situation. Yeah. <laughs> I, I that. that was a good episode. It was. It was. <laughs> so in contrast, what's the best thing that's happened to you in your journey? I'm sorry, say again? I say, so in contrast, what's the best thing that's happened to you in your journey? The best thing that has happened in my journey is that I've met some great people. Um, I've met some individuals that have helped me to grow. 
I have met individuals that have allowed me to take, take an inward look of myself and see my potential. And I've had individuals that have just, you know, supported me and, 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 and been watching me from afar. So it's not the, it's, it's, you know, the, the platform, the quality is definitely important, but the quantity of people that really understand what I'm trying to do, I've met some really, really great people and it's allowed me to expand my territory a little bit as far as the relationships that I build. And, you know, I, I just did a orientation with some first year students who were coming on campus for the fall. And one of the things, the takeaways that I gave them was relationships are the new currency. You have to value those. You really, really do because you don't know that, that five to 15 minute conversation could lead to something long-term. It can, it can, it can. Especially because relationships nowadays go beyond since we have, you know, the internet and social media, you don't know who's connected to who and what, yes. you know, influence they have. So definitely, definitely high currency there. What about the craziest thing? Has anything happened? <laughs> uh oh, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, crazy, crazy. Um, so one of the relationships that I have been a part of, that I've been a part of before I really went on and took off with this was um, I'm a member of the uh, National Urban League of Greater of Greater Hartford, Connecticut, and great relationships. Um, but what happened was I did something with them, and I got you know I got compensated for it. That wasn't crazy. The crazy was uh, because of my affiliation with them. There is a person who wanted me to do a presentation for a group of parents, but they didn't want to pay me for it. They said that it was voluntary. So that for me is crazy because like I said, that devalues what I bring to the table. Right. I don't do, um, I, 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 and I'm not trying to not be humble about it because sometimes I do know that you have to do things for free sometimes, mm -hmm. but it was the presentation again. Well, mm -hmm. we, we don't, we don't pay our people. We just volunteer. And I, I have a younger son who, who is a spoken word poet and mm -hmm. he has partnered with someone who has been giving him exposure. So when he did his first gig with this guy he said is this is this going to be compensated or is this an exposure and the guy pretty much said I don't do exposures so I say that to say that's the crazy thing for me because people always want you to give something of value for free yes you know and it's just like before I became an entrepreneur it was like, okay, you know, okay, I'll, 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 all right, I don't mind. But then I started thinking about it. No, I'm not doing that anymore. So that's the crazy in my head. And that has a lot to do with the mindset change um, for me. Um, I, think, I think like an entrepreneur, but I also think like a merchant. I want to be paid for my time. Just right. like you may want to be paid for your time if you're doing something on a platform where people want to utilize your services. You want a little something, 
Heck, if right. it's not even, even if it's gas money, for goodness sake, to get you from point right. A to point B, give me a little something. So that's All my, right. that's my crazy story. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. I mean, you have to, you have to really examine it and, and know where you are. And that comes from knowing your value too, because like you said, there's a certain point in your path where exposure is a good thing. You know what I'm saying? But then there's a point where, okay, there's enough exposure. I can't pay my bills with exposure. So you have to know what to do. And people try to get over with that. Um, Exposure and bartering. A lot of people try to get over with that. And you have to really do your due diligence to see if it's worth your time and effort to go along with that. You know what I'm saying? So there's plus and minuses on both. Yeah, and you're so right, because like I said, the woman that I met that wanted to offer her services and she gave me a fee and, you know, respectfully, I can't afford you right now, but I'm not taking away from, I don't want you to do, I don't want you to give me your service for free, but I also know that I can't afford what you're charging. And we were okay with that. I'm going to circle back with her when I can afford to do it. I'm going to use her because I see the value. So when you're an entrepreneur, you kind of pick up on that kind of stuff. But, Mm -hmm. you know, when it's uh, one of those things where everybody, oh yeah, bartering services. Oh, you know, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. Yeah, no, Mm -hmm. sorry, can't do that. (laughs) Because like you said, bartering does not pay the light bill. Um, It does not pay for the ink that you use on your printer to print out your presentation. Um, it doesn't pay for the internet service that you use to do uh, a PowerPoint presentation. It, okay. It's, it's down. It's, it's down to economics <laughs> at this point. It is. It is. It is. It is. So, so what, what motivates you? What motivates me? Um, yes. I realized about six or seven years ago about the importance of legacy. Um, I have three children. And as I mentioned earlier on, you know, I'm married, you know, my, my husband and I have been married now for 27 years. Um, and we have three grown children. One just graduated from, um, grads, graduate school from Norfolk state. We have a son who is an undergrad. Um, he's in his last year of college. And then we have a son who's in the middle who has autism. So, for me, it's about legacy. It's about leaving something for the next person. Now, my parents, I, you know, I was raised with two other younger, um, younger brothers. You know, my parents worked in a factory. You know, their, their idea of legacy was making sure we had three squares and a roof over our head. But that's what mm-hmm. they knew. And that's perfectly okay because that's what they knew. But for me, it's about leaving something behind, not just tangibly, mm-hmm. but also make creating an example for others to follow. Because right. my children, both of them are entrepreneurs. My daughter is an entrepreneur in her right. My son is an entrepreneur in his right. My husband is an entrepreneur in radio and, 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 and DJing and producing. So this is an entrepreneurial family. So that legacy may not translate to a lot for a lot of people, but in the entrepreneurial world, when you, 
reach one, reach, teach one, reach one. Right. Right. I love that. I love that. The whole family's entrepreneurs. I love that. Yes, we are. So what makes an entrepreneur successful to you? Um, the successful part of being an entrepreneur is uh, I'm going to circle back to what I said before about being coachable. Mm-hmm. You have to be coachable and you have to want to do the work. You know, I don't care if you, if you make chicken that everybody raves about, you can make a business out of that, but then it's not a hobby. It becomes your business. So you have to start thinking like a merchant instead of a consumer and understanding that, okay, I'm going to make this chicken. I'm going to make some money off of it because this is my brand and this is my product. But if you've got Miss Susie over here, baby, can you just make me a batch of chicken and, you know, just, just put it off to the side and I won't, I, I you know, I, I can't, you know, I don't want to pay you because we've known each other. We family friends. Mm-hmm. It's not personal, it's business, right. you know? Right. And when, once people get past that part, being, a, being coached by someone to, uh, to, to change the way you think as an entrepreneur is half the battle. Mm-hmm. Because if you do things for your friends all the time, like, you know, um, I, you know, I have a younger brother. He's, he's, he DJs. He, um, he DJed for an event this past weekend. He wasn't going to charge the people, but they gave him $200. Cool. I said, okay, that's great. I said, but the honeymoon phase is over with now. Now that you have dipped your t- toe in the pool, now you have to set a precedence as to paying for their, your service. I said, mm-hmm. because if the word gets out that you're doing things for free, guess what? Everybody free doesn't pay that. the bills. Right. Free does not help you to put money in the bank, gas in your tank to get to that event. So mm-hmm. I say that all to say that if you're not in a coachability mindset where you can actually listen to another person provide you with some solid advice to help you to grow, then you're already at a failure point before you can even start. And do you consider yourself successful at this point? Um, I'm successful, but I haven't arrived. I like that. Because here's, here's, here's the thing about being successful. Successful people, you know, when they've arrived, they're still humble with it and they're still hungry for it. And then because if you get if you get comfortable, then you're not going to be putting forward. You're, you're not going to be moving it forward. You're not going to be moving the needle because you feel like I'm good now. I never want to get to the place where I'm comfortable. I want to always be in a position as an entrepreneur to be open to taking things up a notch. So if I roll out this platform and it's successful, OK, next level, what am I going to do next? How am I going to add value to what it is that it is that I'm doing? I, you know, and a lot of people get comfortable really quick, but we also make the mistake as entrepreneurs treating it like it's a get rich quick thing. They feel like they get their first hundred dollars. They want to quit their job and they want to do it full time. No, no, no. 
you can't do that because right. that means that you are going to have to be on your grind all the time. And if the money, if you don't get a return on your investment, then you become discouraged. And then you're just like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't do this now. Okay. You got to be, you got to be in a position where you got to know, um, listen, you work a nine to five, you got to, you got to treat your entrepreneurial lane as a five to nine. Got it. You got to touch your business every day doing yeah. something. Um, but a lot of people, again, it has to do with the way you think. If you treat it like a hobby, it's going to pay you like one. And that's one of the, one of the messages that I got from a coach that I, that I work with. When you treat your business like a hobby, it's going to pay you like one. And you right. can't be that way as an entrepreneur. You just can't. No. You can't. So true. That's so true. So just, just, I guess, expanding on what you just said, we know like entrepreneurship is a lot about mindset. How do you deal with like management, like feelings about self-doubt and imposter syndrome? Um, I keep quoting people from my circle, but Come this on. one lady said something to me that really stuck with me. Do it scared. You are mm -hmm. going to fail forward more times than not as an entrepreneur, but do it scared. There's going to, because if, when you stop, when you stop and you don't do anything, then you, you haven't succeeded at the goal that you set for yourself. Right. And your goals need to be obtainable. They can't be, you know, okay, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars by um, December 31st. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta do short-term goals to get right. to that hundred thousand dollars. But sometimes you gotta do it scared. Me doing interviews like the one I'm doing with you tonight, two three years ago, forget it. I wouldn't be on this call with y'all. I, I, <laughs> I'm sorry, I would not. I, I, I would not feel that I had anything to contribute to the conversation. So therefore, I would, I would. It would have been a hard pass. But the more you do something, and you know, I, I you know, it's it's interesting because utilizing this platform is, you know, the more you do something over and over again, you become comfortable with it. But you also yeah. have some takeaways from it as well. Okay, I hope that it for the information that I shared, you know, the audience receives what I'm saying, whatever. And sometimes they won't. But like I said, getting back to my original statement, you got to do it scared sometimes. You just got to go in there with your eyes closed and just hope it falls and you land in the right place. I love that. I love that. So what are some of your daily habits? Daily habits. So for me, I plan my week out. So every Sunday, I get with my calendar and I plan out my entire week. Because I have two different business platforms, um, so I devote particular times of the week for particular platforms, and I plan my week out. I follow up with clients to you know, make sure that I get in touch with them so that they don't feel as though I've kind of went off to left field. I always schedule time for professional development, always. 
every week I'm doing a workshop or I'm doing a Zoom call or I'm doing something that is going to enhance my business. So those are things that are extremely important to me because it, 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 it will lead to more growth for me as an entrepreneur and it will help me to expand my platform and my product so that it can be the best that it can be. That's good. I love that. I love that. Really good. So how important is mental health and self-care in your journey? Oh, um, it is extremely important. Um, transparently, um, the methodology that I was talking to you about before, about getting up early and staying up late, that's what I was doing. In the thick of the pandemic, I was just, you know, and I was working my job. But then my body had other ideas. Um, mm -hmm. I was recently diagnosed with a health issue. Um, it's nothing that can't be fixed or reversed or anything, but it caused me to reflect on pacing myself. Mm -hmm. And that's where trusting the process also comes into play. I was so, I was so on my grind that I was losing focus of taking time out to just close the computer for a minute, right. close the appointment book for a minute and just breathing and just being, you know? Um, and it wasn't until I started having health issues um, that I had to really realize that nobody works hundred percent of the time. I don't care what people say. Oh, yeah, you know, if you're going to do this, you're going to do it 100% of the time. Eh, no, you're not. Right. There's going to be a time that you're going to have to carve out to do that mental health check to make sure that you are in the best health. Um, taking the time to watch some mindless TV for half an hour to 45 minutes just to kind of, you know, because like, for example, I am a big... Um, uh, sisters fan. <laughs> I am a okay. big all the Queens men fan. Okay. That's mindless TV, right? You figure, mm -hmm. okay, I should be, I should be working on my business. I could be doing that, you know, simultaneously while watching that, but that's, that's my, that's my guilty pleasure. Unapologetically. Um, I like, yeah. I like watching that show or shows or I'll watch a movie on Netflix or something like that, but it doesn't take my eye off of the ball. Right. Sometimes you just have to just close the computer and just give yourself mental rest. Um, right. Because if you don't, if you don't, again, it's gonna show in your product. If you're right. rushing and you're just putting things together and throwing Play-Doh on the wall and hoping that it sticks, <laughs> it's going to show in your product and your clients are going to see it too. It does. It does. And like you said, that constant grind, that will burn you out. That will wear you out. And I, yes. I tell people all the time that team no sleep is not a good thing. You know, and then a lot of entrepreneurs, they try to say, well, all these celebrities, they say they, they'll sleep when they're dead. I'm like, hey, okay. Yeah, and yeah. But I'm not going to the hospital too. <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to have one foot in the grave just yet. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? So for me, it, to your point, you are absolutely right. There are people that I know that like, yeah, you know, if, if Johnny has a baseball game, you're going to have to bypass the baseball game and, and work on your business. No, I'm sorry, but I'm just, 
I'm not there. I think that there is a way that you can balance the grind and the and the goal to build your business and still make time for those things that are important, like your family. Um, or just getting together with friends. I like to travel. I I I went to Jamaica last year for my birthday. Absolutely enjoyed myself. Did was I doing was I doing work on my business while I was there? Yes, I was. I was working, but it was pleasure work. It wasn't like, oh my God, I got to get this deadline out. It was a pleasurable thing. So it's all in how you balance it. Um, But, you know, for a a successful entrepreneur to really get things off the ground and have it a stick and stay mentality, it's going to take you like four to five years to really get where you need to go. Anything Mm -hmm. that's, if you try to think that it's going to be instantaneous then as quickly as you launch it, it will burn. And, yeah, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but again, it's one of those things where people are in such a rush to do stuff. We're in such a, we're a microwave, we're a microwave um, society. We right. just hope to push the button, press start, hoping that everything comes out perfect. But then when it falls apart, we want to blame everybody else but ourselves. Right. Right. Because we didn't take the proper time to do things. Absolutely. The right way. Absolutely. Right. right. So what's uh, next for you? What do you have planned for yourself in the future? You said you mentioned a course creation. Yes, I actually am going to be launching a course called Student Success 101, um, which is going to focus on working with the actual students. I also have a course called the Parental Toolkit that focuses on the parent population. And I also, I'm gonna be taking speaking engagements, talking about student success. So when the coaching part of my business is not monetizing itself, the speaking engagement part will. So the goal for me is to have something going that's going to generate some income producing activity for me. Um, and, you know, the thing is, like I said, you know, my, I have a great, a dear friend of mine, she jokes around, she said, you're never going to stop, are you? And I said, listen, I just turned 60 this year. I don't foresee myself retiring anytime soon for the simple reason that when you retire, you slow down, you stop being productive. I don't want to be that person. Right. Um, I want to always be contributing in some form or fashion to, to be able to provide a service to someone and make a difference. Right. And I love the fact that you're using, you're doing my version of seven streams of income. You're monetizing every piece of what you do without doing seven different things it all comes from one stream like you may eventually do a book you may release a book on some of the material that you teach you know so yeah I love that I am working on a curriculum I'm going to be working in partnership with someone about building a a brand building out of curriculum based off of the information from my online course um so yeah I mean listen there's so much out there for people to do but the thing is you want you got to be willing to do the work yeah as an entrepreneur you can't you can't just expect for things to fall in your lap you've got to do the work and and even if it doesn't come together first time out get up dust yourself off and keep it pushing because somebody is going to be paying attention to what you're doing and they're going to have a need for what it is that you have to um what you have to offer 
That's true. That's true. That's true. And you that's look true. good for 60, by the way. Definitely. <laughs> Thank you so okay. much. I appreciate yeah. you. <laughs> so you previously mentioned like several coaches that have influenced you. How important do you feel it is to have a mentor or coach throughout your entrepreneurial journey? I believe that it's important because they bring perspective. Um, they see things that you don't. You may think that you are the next best thing to slice bread, but your coach and your mentor can circle back real quick and say, it's great, but you can mm -hmm. go about it in a different way. And sometimes as I, as I was speaking about coachability, you got to be in a position where you are able to sit in that. A lot of entrepreneurs are not prepared to do that. They, they, they just want instantaneous gratification. They want you to say, oh, you did an amazing job and nothing else. Right. But when you have a coach or a mentor as an entrepreneur, it keeps you focused and it keeps you also provides a perspective that you don't see. You always got to have that third eye because somebody can see something with your product that you don't see. Right. It's your product. So your vision is kind of tunnel. But if yeah. you have a mentor or a coach to kind of say, this is great, but I would go about it in this way. Mm -hmm. They may see things that you never thought about, you know, considering. That's true. That's true. true. I love it. Well, what is, you mentioned a piece of advice um, that you would give entrepreneurs, which is trust the process. Would you, um, would that be your key final advice for brand new entrepreneurs or is there additional piece of advice you would give them? Um, new entrepreneurs should cultivate relationships that are going to help their brand. Um, and what I mean by cultivating, I mean going and um, putting yourself out there, like doing like a pop-up vendor shop um, mm -hmm. uh, or going to a workshop that focuses on what it is that you're trying to roll out and cultivating that relationship. That business card that you get from that person at that event may lead to something bigger and better for what it is that you're trying to do. And don't be so dismissive of people who want to help you because they may have something of value that you didn't even think about as an entrepreneur. Um, because we can't do it all by ourselves. We just can't. It's, it's not plausible and it doesn't make sense to try to do it by yourself when you have there are so many platforms and groups that are out there that focus on entrepreneurship but i will say this uh, if, if if you think that it's worth it if you think that you're worth it then you should definitely cultivate those relationships it you know because if you're what is what's the the worst that can happen is that they may something may say something that you don't agree with no harm no foul however as an entrepreneur you definitely need to take advantage of those relationships because they may know somebody that knows somebody that can help you to get where you need to go Right, 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 right. They can put your name in rooms that you you wouldn't be able to get into by yourself. And it's funny uh, that you said something about being in a room. As an entrepreneur, even though you're afraid, walk in the room like you own it. Yes. The people that are coming to see you or hear about what it is that you're doing, they don't have to yeah. see that fear in you. Walk in that room like you own it. Like you got it going on. Okay, so... 
that confidence is um, something that money can't buy. Um, for me, I never, uh, you know, having conversations with people like yourselves, you would never know that I suffered from low self-esteem and low confidence. No. Um, I, it, it was when I was a child and, you know, when I was a teenager, I didn't feel as though I was good enough. I was pretty enough. I was smart enough, but you are enough. You are enough in your lane as an entrepreneur. It, you don't have to try to, um, try to, you know, make things bigger than they are. Right. If, 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 if you are an educator, that's your lane. Mm-hmm. Walk in the room and own it. Don't right. let people intimidate you and make you feel like you're less than because you're that's right. where a lot of people stop and start and they never succeed at the end goal. Right, right, right. I love that. Right. I love that. Love right. that. Well, thank you so much for joining us and telling us about your journey. Where can people find you on social media or contact you for your programs? So I have a, okay, so I'm going to make this super quick because I know time is of the essence. So I have two business platforms right now. I have my Scholars with a Purpose platform, which is um, the website is scholarswiththepurpose.org. And that is a platform that you can actually uh, book a free consultation with me if you have a student or a parent that is going through the college experience and they need help. Um, definitely can uh, reach out to me for support. But I am also a travel business owner. Um, I own my own travel business. And I also, what I do with that platform is that I book travel for people, but I also have a network marketing piece that empowers me with the platform to be able to educate people to do the same. Right, right. Awesome. So if you want to reach me as far as a travel platform, you can go to Travel with Passion. 556 at gmail.com would love to have a conversation with you about booking your next travel destination or learning how you can monetize the world of travel and build a legacy for you and your family i love that i love that i just found out somebody close to me does that too so i was like okay i didn't know that yeah Yeah, it's 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 an it's a it's a big business it's it's a it's one of the most googled words on google everybody's traveling now and it's an eight trillion dollar industry that continues to grow by leaps and bounds even when the in a pandemic people were still traveling they just had to find a different way to do it well one quick question i have for you before we go um you say one of your son one of your sons has autism do you help because my daughter has special needs as well do you help parents as well that have children with special needs and they're preparing to go to college and things of that nature? Yes. I mean, I don't, I, I don't have any clients like that yet, but I will tell you this. As a professor, I used to, t- I used to have students with special needs in my class. Um, and quick story, one of those people were mute, okay? They did not speak. However, it wasn't because they couldn't hear. They chose not to speak. Oh, okay. But I had to find a very creative and engaging way to keep her engaged mm-hmm. in school. She was ready to quit the college experience. 
But what I did is I partnered her with another um, student who was high functioning and their anxiety and they had high anxiety, but they were on the spectrum as well. Their parent came back to me and they thanked me. They said, because of you, she's still here because she was ready to quit. So when people found out that I had an autistic son, they capitalized on that in a way that they understood that I understood the audience. And I never, ever, ever drew attention to their their disability. When I taught them in class, nobody else knew that they had a disability. But I met with them individually twice a week. And both of those young ladies passed the class. Awesome. So, yeah. So, I mean, so I am not, I will not ever turn anybody away that has a disability because that would be hypocritical of me because I have an autistic adult and right. anybody that wants to help him, they have, they, they they have a friend for life. <laughs> right. Right. Well, that's a good piece to add into because I know like parents like myself and Catch Troy, we're always trying to you know, it, it makes a difference when it's somebody that understands that's been through the process as opposed to somebody that's not, you know what I'm saying? So that is always mm-hmm. something yeah. to think about. I'm still going through the process. My son is, my son is 24. Um, it's a challenge. Okay. And like yeah. you said, if there's somebody that can give you a handout, you know, to help you with that, that's going to be one of the things that I'm going to incorporate down the road. So you, that goes back to what I was saying before. I'm always looking next level. What can I yeah. do to enhance my platform to attract more clients? So you never get you never get comfortable. Please do definitely please do and let me know when you do that because like I'm in a Facebook group with other parents. Um, one of the disorders my daughter has is disruptive mood disorder and the age range of kids. So that would definitely be something that might be beneficial to some of the other parents in there so what, as well. So what is what is disruptive mood disorder? What is that? I've never heard it's, of that. Basically, it's temper tantrums on a thousand. <laughs> um, my daughter, fortunately, hasn't gone to the lengths of some of the kids. Some of the kids have to be institutionalized. Um, some of them are violent. Um, it's it's basically a mood disorder where they become very violent, very angry, very upset. Like I said, it's a temper tantrum on a thousand because it could be from just regular stuff. Like for some reason, like they think the sky should be red instead of blue and you're telling them no, and that can set them off. You never know exactly what the triggers are. I um, never heard of that. You you just educated me because honestly, I think that my son has that. I really do because, yeah, yeah you just educated was, me on something new because I never heard of that. Yes, she was actually ma'am. diagnosed with that? Yes. Um, she was diagnosed with that at the age of four. She's 12 now. And um, and the reason why was because her reactions to certain things were very just, just, you know, exponential, like, really? So we had her tested. And yes, and uh, she has a therapist and everything. Um, I did end up getting medication. I know not everybody believes in medication, but Me either, like, but no, I had to do it too. It was you hard. Don't live in my house. 
know, you know, and, and, and that's the thing is it wasn't even her doctor doesn't want her to be on medication for the rest of her life. It was just to help bring it down so that she could be teachable. I used to be in the principal's office all the time. They knew me by name and she was disturbing. She would have these meltdowns in school, disturbing other classes. She's passing like she's going to seventh grade now. You know, so she's learning Greek and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's it's a big deal. But yeah, it, it's definitely something that she was diagnosed with. Yep. I got to look into that. So like I said, you just educated me on something I didn't even know existed. Yes, yes. And also you may find that um, when kid, with kids that are bipolar, they'll put them in that category because they don't want to diagnose kids as bipolar. Um, because there's so much with it, but but that's that's like that whole group there, because it's the moods, it's the switch, it's that off and on switch. I used I call my son Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. I swear, because one minute he'll be laughing, and then the next minute he wants to tear your face off. Yes, yeah. yeah. You go get him. Yes, I, I ask my daughter all the time, "Where's your twin? I got. I need to talk to your twin." Because yes. Yes. <laughs> wow. Amazing. So I'm glad I was here to help. <laughs> well, listen, we definitely have to keep in touch with one another, not just for, you know, the platform, but I definitely would love to do this again once my okay. once my platform launches so that I can promote it. But I thank you guys so much for having me on the platform. I really enjoyed it. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. This segment of Entrepreneurship Happens is brought to you by Maylee Designs. Maylee Designs is a Better Business Bureau accredited company with over 17 years of business under its belt and 30 years of experience. With five-star reviews, professional service, great customer service, and top-notch designs, you can get all your branding needs done for your small business. Go to MayleeDesigns.com. That's www.M-A-E-L-E-A-Designs.com for your free consultation. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Join us again next week when we actually do the hot seat where one of us, Kasia Troy or myself, will actually be in a hot seat and go through all the questions that we ask our guests to thoroughly break down our individual journeys. I know we touched on a little bit, but you need a few more details and some tips that we learned in our journeys. Stay tuned.